Vegas. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Mac and Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host, Mac Rommel. And once again, we're bringing you another episode uh, of Outside the Arena. Division round now in the NFL. Obviously, uh, in the NBA, James Harden traded to the Nets. Uh, we have already actually covered that on our second channel, OTA Clips. That's kind of where we get the breaking news kind of stuff. Uh, our next video on there, unless something major happens, is probably going to be MLB Free Agency Outlook. So I'll leave a link for that down below. So make sure to go check that out, subscribe, watch all those videos. we got a few great ones already on there. But yeah, today we're going to just do uh, same old, same old, the kind of same thing we've been doing, uh, you know, building Max lineup as we have, and then talking just football. So, uh, so Mac, you want to uh, pull the lineup up and we'll, we'll start with your lineup here? Let's do it. Oh, screen sharing got to be enabled. Forgot to do that one. So we'll do that real quick. And there we go. All right, pull this up, line up. There we go, Yahoo Sports. And uh, it's going to be another week where it's kind of brief. So we're going to have to yeah. see. Well, uh, at least – so this time it's at least all the games, though, instead of just the one day of games. So that's good. Yep, that's good. So always starting off with the running back, I guess. And I think this round is definitely much better than last round for sure. Yeah. And – Right away, yep. looking at a Nick hmm. Chubb, I mean, versus Kansas City. That could be a high-priced player we could potentially look at. Anyone else that stands out right away? I mean, Alvin Kamara is kind of, I feel like, the top guy here. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's he done against Tampa this year? That'd be my only question. Yeah, Tampa, Tampa, Tampa. 13. So 13. And then 21. But. I mean, Kamara's could be a – I feel like the winning lineup likely will have, like, a Kamara in there. Yeah. Um, so, we could look him. Uh, Cam Akers had a really good week last yeah, week. Yeah, very good. Could go him. And now he's going Green against Bay the too. Run, uh, their bad I run. like that. Yeah. That could be – I don't want to go with that, honestly. Yeah, I think we could plug him in. Yep. Yeah, plug him in for now. RB2, I mean – Let's <sighs> Definitely probably going to stay away from Love and Clyde Edwards. Alaire. I mean, JK honestly is not like a terrible play. Yeah. I mean, 20, what did he do last week? He had 10. 10. I mean, he's been double digits like every week pretty much. Yeah. It's been since November was the last time he had a game not above 10 points. So consistent. Yeah. I, honestly, I, I don't hate that. And we might want to put him in for now. And we can obviously change things later. But you have a cheap player. Um, get the. Uh, Wide receiver state bucket. Responding to Stefan. I mean, Stefan Diggs always has a good week, but versus Baltimore, that could be tough. I mean, Tyreek Hill, I feel like it's probably due for a big game against yeah. the Cleveland Browns secondary. Rest. Yeah. Put him in. All right. Yeah, I got to go much. cheaper. How much money do we have left? 18 why don't we why don't we get the defense and the quarterback out of the way just because those two right. we can tend to browns versus oh god the browns have a lot of takeover or turn yeah lastly they capitalized on every single mistake we'll cover that later but that could be a good decent i mean it's cheapest uh all these teams it's so hard all the good offenses I know. I mean, the Packers. I mean, the Packers, we might, honestly, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the worst offense right now. Uh, though, yeah. That is. I think we plug them in for 13. 
You know, to put that in. Yeah. And at QB, I'm thinking, I'm hoping like Baker's kind of cheap. 26. 26. I mean, he's the cheapest start. No, there's got to be one cheaper starter. Goff. Like Jared Goff. 20? For 20. And then we get the best of both. That's a six. If the Packers. Six dollar defense. I think we have to just for money purposes. Yeah, and our average salary remaining is twenty, so it is definitely a uh, right on. So yeah, let's put golf in. All right. Do you want to get tight end out the way too? So the thing with tight end is like, how much is Kelsey this week? Like, I feel like we might even want to get like a a Kelsey here, or we could go for like a Robert Tanyan type guy. Tanyan, or even Austin. Austin Hooper had a great week last week, actually. KC he did week. have a he had like eleven targets last week or something crazy. That's yeah, fourteen. Yeah, season four, he's been playing targets. well, very well. Yeah, so th- four straight weeks of over ten plus points. He could be a move for cheap fifteen, and we could come back if we uh want to. Yeah, create- why don't you put him in for now? So Hooper is our tight end for now. Now back to receiver. We should probably look at someone cheap first. Yeah, we need to get something like. Dirt cheap here. Like Cole Beasley for 15. Ooh, what the? Or That's... Gabriel Davis for 13. One of those guys is going to have a big week. I feel like Cole Beasley, right? He got that second team all pro for, for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll plug him in for 14. And now he got 25 for the next two. So wide receiver three. If we go, if we go real, if we go for another like 15 here, we can, we can get a, a $35 player. So yeah. we kind of got to decide, do we want two twenty fives or do we want, you know, a, a, a bum and then a, one of the top players, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, if we go 20 and like 30, that's like Robert Woods and then like Godwin. Godwin. That's an eh. What is flex? Like who, who else could we be looking Tomorrow, at? Mara, Chubb. Diggs. Unless we were to, instead of getting one of those players, we could also even get a uh, Travis Kelsey for 34. He's always consistent as a flex, too. We could, honestly. So, And then we'd have 16. I don't hate that, honestly. And then, yeah, so we had 16, yeah. Huh. Yeah. So you want to do that, Travis Kelsey? Yeah, and then we'll see who's 16, I guess. And then if we have to, I mean, we could always go Browns D and just mm-hmm. – Hope Cole. I don't trust me, Cole. Um, Dante Harris, Gabriel Davis. Davis had a good week. Ugh, he's awesome. What been doing? I mean, oh yeah. I mean, he had three good weeks. Then last week, nothing off a cliff. Wow. Cheever. What about Josh Reynolds? Josh Reynolds. Oh, Richard Richard Higgins might not be terrible. I don't know what he did. Oh, two catches, seven targets. Right there. Yeah, but we have Marcus Van. That could be good with Ramsey on uh on Adams. And then we have five extra dollars to spend elsewhere. That could be a good choice. Oh, so maybe put him in. Yeah. And think we definitely are gonna have to spend this five somewhere. Um I mean if we go to Brown's defense, yeah, and we then we can get someone better than Goff. Or we could – I mean, who's a running back for, like, 26? Is there a $26 running back? 
Yeah, move this with the West. Kareem Hunt. Eh. Or, uh, yeah, I want to keep Cam Akers in. Well, if we if we take out – if we go Camara instead of Akers and then Browns instead of Packers, we could do it. You want to do that? Acres, it's man. tough. I do like Acres. That's a good matchup. I'm more against golf than Acres. So, oof, this is a tough one. Dang. I mean, oh. we could also just put Kelsey at tight end and then go for a $20 flex. I don't know if that'd be a better idea. I don't know what the... One of the 20s, let's see. Robert Woods. Like Marquise Browns, Robert yeah. Woods. That's all right. So, I mean, could you even get a better tight end? I mean, there's not nothing much. Tony. We can also just keep the team, too. We don't have to spend the money. Yeah, yeah. But $5 is – oh, maybe defense. Why don't we upgrade – can we upgrade the defense, maybe? Let me think about that. Honestly, I think this Packers matchup may be the best one, and it's so it cheap. It might be, yeah. Huh. Huh. This is tough. This is, I mean, what if you go – not nah, we already looked at the 20s. Nah, Beasley's good. I mean, I guess – we liked Valdez Scantler, though. Yeah, I think – yeah, and you only could get uh, – yeah. That's the hmm. best. Um, this is tough. What's Cam Akers like? I know he had a good week last week, but I know he's been inconsistent. Yeah, 24-8-6-20-15-14. I just think the matchup <laughs> is good, but... I agree, yeah. We said that about... Uh, I forgot who we said that about the other week, and it didn't work out. I forget, yeah. Huh. That, this is tough. I'm, um, what is quarterback again? Baker's like 26, right? Yeah, 26. God damn. <laughs> That's so frustrating. Um, oh, man. This honestly. I think Reek's good. Yeah. I think this might be have to be it. Oh, I'm, I feel like Akers is just going to kill us if Kamara has a day. I know. Ugh. Or do we try to get Kamara? I mean, all we'd, we'd have to just sub out Packers for – or we what's a $12 tight end? Yeah, I was about to say that too. Dawson Knox. What did he do last week? He I think he got the touchdown. Yeah, he did. So bad. <laughs> uh. <laughs> this is tough. Oh my god! How much more? So we need th- two more dollars to upgrade to no three more. So hmm. hmm. Man, this is tough. I don't want to take out Unless, Kelsey. Kelsey's so he's so consistent. So consistent. Um. Wait, what if we go – wait, let's see. If you look at uh, – that's kind of tough. I was going to say if we put Kelsey at tight end and then mm-hmm. we replaced Hooper for flex and got someone down here. 
Hmm. Willie Sneed, John Brown. Ugh. We might just have to keep this lineup, honestly. I think this is it's just a matter of if we'd rather have Akers and Packers D or Kamara and Browns D. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we should just go around trying to, you know, mess with the, the, the other guys. I feel like we sh- it's either Akers and, and Packers or Kamara and Browns. The only thing What's the Packers D like – the Packers D is the one thing I'll say is like I don't think they put up that that many points. Like what have they done this year that has been like game one? I mean, I guess they're pretty consistent, honestly. Yeah, it's not like again negative points, but how about let's check the Browns defense too against some other teams, maybe. Game log, they got twelve last week, so yeah, it's been a lot. All right, let's keep the lineup as is, I think. All right. Stay five dollars. Anything comes to mind later i guess we could always change it but uh yeah. all right there's the team quarterback jared goff for 20 dollars. running back one cam Akers for 29 running back two jk dobbins for 21 wide receiver marcus Val- valdez scantling for 11 cole beasley for 15 tyree kill for 37 and then we got two tight ends austin hooper for 15 travis kelsey for 34 and the packers defense for 13 and there is this week's lineup Yep, so there it is. Uh, not too many more of these, so, um, yep. yeah. It's either this week or this week. We got to get them one uh, this week. This yeah, week. for we're sure. We're due. Yeah. Um, well, with that, uh, we'll get to talking about what went down last weekend. Um, we'll go through most of the games. I mean, to be honest, if I had to say, I don't think we'll really talk uh, too much about the Saints Bears here, kind of just you know whatever unexpected here, but everything else is is talk worthy. Obviously, Cleveland big big game there, but we're going to start in Buffalo. Really good game, honestly, uh, in my eyes from the Indianapolis Colts. They really showed up. Philip Rivers, you know who knows where where his career is headed necessarily next, but he played great. Uh, you see Naheem Hines, what a beast, six or seventy five. Taylor you know, rushed the ball pretty well. Pittman, you know, played well, but you know what kind of cost the Colts this game with some you know questionable mate questionable decisions you know at the goal line they obviously you know went for it a few times uh when they potentially could have kicked a field goal stuff like that uh and on the bills you know josh allen played great didn't really do anything wrong i mean you see the stats here 324 yards two touchdowns and uh 50 rushing yards with a, a touchdown as well Diggs played great gabriel davis played great beasley was was solid so um just a really good game honestly i don't know what, what you'll say about it mac but um yep. i don't know you know it was close, but, you know, the Colts are an underrated team. So it's not like I lost confidence in the Bills necessarily. Sure, it would have been better to see them blow them out if I think they're going to be able to compete with the Chiefs. But, I mean, the Colts' defense is is, uh, is a legit is a legit unit. they got two old pros in Darius Leonard and, and DeForest Buckner on there. So, uh, you know, overall good win for the Bills, a game that potentially slipped away from the Colts. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of all I got for that. What about you, Mac? What did you think? Yeah, this game was a great game, Philip Rivers. Uh, I mean, it kind of sucks to see because it's either Colts or retirement, so we're going to have to see where that goes. But the Colts, they proved both of us wrong, and got to give them credit for that. They played great the entire yeah. game. They fought. But the one thing I wish they did earlier, you said Naeem Hines. I wish they got him involved earlier, gave him the ball more. It was almost every single run he had. Well, it was every single run he had, bursted out for 10-plus yards, and they had to do that early on, and – they did it way too uh, 
excuse me, I'm muffling my words now. <laughs> they, didn't do, they didn't do enough. They kept giving the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I get it. Goal lines, things like that. But Naheem Hines was obviously the better running back in this game. And uh, you had to get him involved early if you wanted to win. But the Colts, they proved this wrong. They played great offensively and defensively, holding the Bills to 27 points with Stephon Diggs and that loaded offense is spectacular. And on the Bills' end, we got to bring up that little fumble at the end of the game that, the, that they had the chance to do something. I about that. I, I wonder if the refs just won the Colts to have a shot to win. I think that's what it was. But Josh Allen, <laughs> he did what he had to do to win this game, put up over 300 yards, and that's great. Running the ball, he was doing that too. But – if the uh, if the Bills are going to want to make a run in the playoffs and beat teams to be the Chiefs if they make it to the AFC Championship or whoever it may be, they're going to have to be able to run the ball uh, with more than just Josh Allen. They weren't unable to do that this week. They're going to have to get that involved. But Stephon Diggs, always going to say, this man's a beast. No matter who he's going against, he balls out. This is a great game overall. And I think it's probably the second or third best game this week. You know, in all reality, this is a great game, a great win by the Bills. And the Colts, you have a lot to look forward to because this uh, this reassured us of everything uh, that we were talking about earlier in the season when we were not confident in the team. Yeah, I think the Colts, you know, I think once they got that run game going, I started to, you know, gain some more confidence. Once Jonathan Taylor really hit his stride as uh, the star that he's becoming. But, yep. yeah, um, Colts' future is uh, it's pretty bright. You know, we'll see what happens at quarterback. But otherwise – it's a bright future. This game was uh, a bit shocking, honestly. I mean, you see John Walford, he's starting the game. He gets taken out. He had, you know, the neck issue. Jared Goff comes in. He's clearly not 100%. You see here, 9 for 19. But the, Bra- uh, the Browns, the Browns got it done. I mean, Cam Akers pounded the run, 20 carries for 131 yards. Um, and, you know, the defense is, is really spectacular here. Aaron Donald, two sacks. You know, the Darius Williams interception, Morgan Fox at the sack. Uh, I believe that was it. And they got great special teams. Matt Gay was three for three. Hecker punted seven times. That's wild. Yep. Seattle, man. I mean, Russell Wilson completed 11 passes in a playoff game. That, that can't happen. Uh, you know, this team was, you know, really confident going in. And, and you know, their record is honestly surprising. I thought they were a lot worse than 12 and four in terms of how they performed uh, late in the season. They, you know, they obviously got into that hot offensive start, but their offense really, really started to struggle. And, you know, DK Metcalf, obviously, in this one had a great game. Five catches, 96 yards, two touchdowns. But, you know, their inability to get Tyler Lockett involved. And, you know, outside of those two guys, really the weapons on that offense are, mm-hmm. are subpar. Chris Carson, you know, he's all right. 16 for 77, you see on the ground. But, um, you know, in the receiving game, outside of, of DK and Lockett, uh, it, it's really, really thin there. Uh, you see, you know, the tight ends, you know, Disley Hollister, they're no, nothing special. So, um, you know, that was an issue. The defense, you know, they played all right. You know, Blitzboy. Uh, didn't get a sack, but Bobby Wagner uh, had a sack. Uh, Jaron Reed, two sacks as well. So, you know, I mean, the problem was just you, this team's going to, if they're going to have a good offensive game, it's going to be through the pass, and they didn't do that. They completed 11 passes. So, um, you know, you expect them to lose when that happens. Um, you know, good for the Jets. They get the improved draft pick because of it. But, um, you know, Rams, you know, I think proved that uh, with their defense, they can, they can beat any team. And that's what we saw a few years ago when they were in the Super Bowl. Their defense, you know, is what's going to take this team potentially to the playoffs. So they're far in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs, obviously. But you get what I'm saying. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, this game was great, and it, it kind of proved me wrong. We had our little ups and downs, especially after that Jets game, about this uh, this Rams team and especially the coaching staff and the, and the decisions that they were making. This game completely changed my thought of this team overall, and this yep. is what I needed uh, to think that maybe they have a shot at this. Maybe 
they can make a run, maybe get to the NFC Championship or something like that. And as you said, John Wolford got taken out early in the game. Jared Goff came in, shaken up, not 100%. You saw the stats. Griffin uh, mentioned them. But this game was won by coaching, shutting down the rant. I mean, the Seahawks' offensive uh, passing game. That's what you had to do. You saw the pick six. They just came out hot early. They showed the Seahawks what they wanted to do, and they got them in uncomfortable situations really early on in this game that forced them to un- – they put them in a situation to not be able to come back from that. And running the ball, controlling the clock, they knew what they had to do with Jared Goff, with Jared Goff uh, not 100%, and John Wolford uh, hurt. But uh, they did exactly what they had to do uh, once again, running the ball, controlling the clock, and then playing hard on defense. As you said, this defense is going to carry this team. They carried them – well, not really carried them the other year when they went to the Super Bowl because they had the great offense. But this year, if they yeah. want to make the run, the defense is going to have to carry them. Jared, I, I was about to say Jared Goff on defense instead, instead of Jalen <laughs> Ramsey. But Jalen Ramsey, he did what he had to do. He uh, kind of kept DK Metcalf contained for most of the game except for that one uh, uh, touchdown he had on the scramble drill. But overall, great defense by the Rams. And if you're able to stop the Seahawks offensive passing game, you could really stop most passing games in the NFL, aside from maybe the Chiefs or uh, even the Packers. But on the other hand, for the Seahawks, unable to get the passing game going. And as you said, that's how they win. They don't run the ball to win these games. They're passing attack, uh, passing attack team. And with Russell Wilson unable to throw the ball and putting up uncharacteristic numbers uh, in the playoffs, you have no shot at this. And going back to what you said about uh, the receiving game, they really only have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett that are key pieces uh, in the receiving game that can make plays. And Tyler Lockett didn't do much. And DK Metcalf was really not doing much for the majority of the game. He just had a couple of those plays later on in the game that gave them and boosted those stats. But overall, the, the Seahawks, uh, they're going to have to find some more weapons on offense if they're going to want to have a shot uh, at making the playoffs even next year. But the Rams, great, great win by them. The coaching staff uh, proved me wrong, and I think they have a shot at uh, making or even getting another win in the playoffs this week. Couldn't agree more with what you said there, honestly. Um this, this was a really good game, honestly. Uh, the, the legend of Taylor Hineke, uh, he played great, man. 306 yards passing for him, uh, 46 rushing yards. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ultimately won this game. Tom Brady, 381 passing yards. He is uh, dominant right now. This offense has it going, 93 on the ground from Fournette. Uh, I'm going to start with you here, Mac. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what were your thoughts on this game? I know you picked Washington to win the game, obviously, in our bracket thing, so – I believe you had – I had one more correct than you, so yep. I guess I'm ahead, but we'll see uh, what happens from here. But um, what did you think of this game? Uh, what do you think of the Bucks? And, you know, what did you think of the effort from uh, from the football team? I mean, starting off with the football team, the losing end of things, they, they played great, and they played phenomenally. They just – phenomenally, excuse me, just early on the game and throughout the game, they were giving up some big plays uh, in the passing game that they shouldn't have done. They did what they had to do with the front seven and the D-line. They were controlling some things there at points in the game. But really, this was the game by Vanilla Vanilla Vic, Taylor Heineke. The kid was just taking classes for finals in uh, college just the other week, and now he got a job in the NFL and I'm expecting him to have a job in the NFL for years to come. Uh, congratulations mm. to him, too, as well, for uh, just playing great in his first game. And then also for wanting to finish his, call, finish, 
finish college, get his degree and stuff like that, in addition to playing football. And you're probably looking at uh, the next Washington football team quarterback of the future. So great, great game by him. I mean, take potentially. Yeah. I think maybe we'll got to put a little OTA clips episode out on that one day. Maybe that'll be a little clip, but yeah, yeah. running the ball, he did great. It's vanilla Vic as everyone's starting to call him right now. But uh, on the other end of things, aside from Taylor Heineke running the ball, they weren't able to do it. I mean, they really, really struggled. You're looking at Antonio Gibson, 2.2 yards per carry. Couldn't get it going. And he's been a rookie. Everyone's been thinking was sensational this year. He's been playing great. And he was unable to get it going against this great Bucks defense. But on the other hand, for the Bucks, their passing attack did what everyone expected. They blew up Tom Brady had, I believe it was like 380 yards. Yep, 381 yards, two touchdowns. And then running the ball, they are able to do things there with Leonard Fournette. I mean, it's still a surprise to me how the Jaguars cut him. And uh, he's putting up some big numbers now in uh, Tampa. Bay, but overall, this is a game the Buccaneers needed. They've kind of proved to me that they have a shot at these at uh at a Super Bowl. Who uh who you have in your Super Bowl? And uh, I do. Yep. So uh, this team, they proved me wrong. They got the pass game going early. Abused the Washington Football Team secondary. They knew what they had to do. But overall, great team win. Washington Football Team. I think they they had their quarterback of the future. So I'm not going to complain about this game. I was happy for them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, starting with the Washington, I, I won't go too, too in-depth because you covered it pretty well. But, uh, you know, I think they win this game if Antonio Gibson has a, a bigger game. He was just really a non-factor here. You see on the, the screen, or if you're listening, uh, he had 14 carries for 31 yards. That can't happen. Um, you can't do that um, in a playoff game where, you know, you're a team that runs the ball pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you look in the passing game, guys had big games. Cam Sims looked great, 7 for 104. Terry McLaurin did his thing, 6 for 75. That's like kind of a... Honestly, that is like Terry McLaurin's stat line right there. I feel like that's you know right about what he does. Logan Thomas is great. So they've got all these great players. It's just, uh, you know, the run game just couldn't get going. And, and it's hard to keep up with this Buccaneers offense. Um, and this is the reason why I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. I just think their offense has finally hit its stride, hit its potential. And it's, it's really unstoppable. I mean, you see Brady throwing for 400 yards. Football team is a great defense. There's no denying that. Um, Mike Evans, six for 119. This guy's going off. Cam Brate, they're using well, four for 80. Godwin's doing good. AB had the big touchdown. I mean, they can spread the ball around to guys all day long. Gronk didn't even have a catch here. So, um, you know, the Buccaneers offense is exciting. I'm excited to see what happens when they play New Orleans. Um, you know, it's going to be a great matchup. But, um, yeah, good win for the Bucs and for the football team, like you said. Um, you know, really strong effort. And, you know, if Antonio Gibson really has a good game, who knows what happens yeah. Moving on to the Baltimore Ravens versus the Tennessee Titans. Pretty slow-moving game here, to be honest. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, I'll just start off the bat. Derrick Henry is the key here. Uh, like Antonio Gibson, need average 2.2 yards per carry. And he's on the losing team. Uh, you know, this offense is great. Um, you know, it's good. I wouldn't say great necessarily, but, you know, Derrick Henry is the key. I mean, without Derrick Henry, you're looking at A.J. Brown and, you know, Corey Davis, who had zero catches, by the way. Um, so AJ Brown, who had, you know, six for 83 in a tutty, but you know, Derrick Henry, 18 for 40. If that stat line occurs, you're not going to win the football game through to the Tennessee Titans. It's just not going to happen. You need Derrick Henry going for probably a hundred plus really for you to be a dominant team. And on offense, we just didn't see that Tannehill was not that, that great. 18 for 26, uh, 165, a touchdown and interception. Um, and I mean, look, the Ravens defense is, is fantastic. It's great defense. It's, you know, honestly, people forget how good the Ravens defense is. So you saw a bit of that here. They were able to stop the run. They didn't get burned like they did last year. But on the other side here on offense, Lamar Jackson, 
he's finally started to run the football the way that he had at the end of last year in his MVP season. And he's not worrying about the pass as much. You see here his passing that 17 for 24, 179 and an interception. It's been a disaster of a year passing wise for him. Um, and, you know, this offseason, I expect them to go out and look to uh, to bring in some sort of weapons there for him, because right now he's really, really struggling with, with the guys he has. Obviously, Marquise Brown had a big game. Mark Andrews played all right. But uh, you see Lamar's running 16 for 136 in the touchdown. I mean, wow, that's that's ridiculous. Um, it's it's crazy how good he is at running the football. And, you know, this team's rushing attack is, is what brings it to life and their defense. You know, the combination of the two playing well, probably going to get you a win. So, um, you know, from on my end here, uh, not too much else other than that. Otherwise, it was kind of a calm game. But, um, yeah, good good win for the Ravens. They, they played to their strengths, and it, uh, it worked out well for them. Yep, I couldn't agree more. And uh, I'll start off with the Titans. There's not much to say because you covered it really well. And as you said, really the only point I'm going to make is Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry alone had its historic season, came into the playoffs, and he got shut down immediately. He didn't have any factor in this game really at all, and that's what I've always been talking about. you got to win through Derrick Henry and then complement your passing game to it. Unable to do that, and that's the reason they lost and couldn't get their offense going. But on the other hand, for the Baltimore Ravens, as you said, Lamar Jackson almost getting back to his – and looking like his MVP form from last year, 2019, and uh, really – this is what you want to see from Lamar. He started off slow. He had his struggles. He threw that early interception and people will even on, even the announcers were saying that is Lamar Jackson, just a regular season guy. And can he not do anything in the playoffs? He came out, he proved them wrong. You saw him furious on the sideline. He came out and uh, he did exactly what he had to do. He played well and played to his strengths. As you said, started running the ball. The team was figuring things out and calling plays that worked for him to get him comfortable in this offense. And as you said, 16 for 136 and a touchdown. That's what you wanted to see, and that's how they got him involved. More running the ball later in that game is what really got them to get that, what really got them to win here. And Marquise Brown, that's also what you want to see in the playoffs. A guy who's a bit smaller, yeah. who struggles against some of these better cornerbacks. But the times they don't really have that elite cornerback like they may go against uh, this week, but Marquise Brown overall, that's what you want to see when he's not going against those bigger and uh, better cornerbacks. So overall, this was a great team win by the Ravens. And I really like them uh, rallying back after that slow start and come back to win this game. Yep. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Bear Saints. I mean, I really don't got too much to say. I feel like this one, you know, no one really cares too, too much. Everyone kind of expected what happened. Um, you know, real quick, I'll just touch on it. You know, the teams that are losing aren't running the football well. Dave Montgomery, 12 carries, 31 yards. So you see the importance of running the football. Uh, oh, didn't mean to do that. But on the Saints side, I mean, Drew Brees did his thing. He played great. Alvin Kamara played well. Uh, Deontay Harris, Michael Thomas. I mean, they just did their thing. Bears were just not, you know, they were outclassed. They obviously, you know, this was 21 to three, really. They had that literal last second Jimmy Graham touchdown and he just walked off the field. That was pretty, pretty funny. I'd never really seen that. He just straight up went through the tunnel. Yeah. Good win from new Orleans. I don't got anything else to say. I don't know what you got, but yeah, that's all. That's what I got. Yeah, good one uh, from New Orleans. Nickelodeon really killed it on that one. I mean, <laughs> that one announcer didn't know what she was talking about, and that was pretty funny. But the Bears, they had their opportunities, and this is really all I'm going to say about it. Uh, I mean, on that jo- – was it Javon Wims, I think it was, dropping the wide open yeah. – Dropping the wide open touchdown. I mean, 
Mitchell Trubisky wasn't the problem in this game, in my opinion. They had a bunch of drops and a lot of opportunities to get first downs, and this one was on the receivers, and that's something we haven't said all season. It's always been on Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles, and the reverse happened in the playoffs. The Bears, they really had a shot here. If the receivers were able to step up, I think they could have had a shot at beating the Saints, but they didn't, and that's really the reason they lost this game, and that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where the Bears go from here. Obviously, you know, expectation is that Mitch Trubisky will not stay with the team. Allen Robinson, he looks like he's out the door. So maybe we'll see a rebuild in Chicago. Who knows? But we got to get to the game that everyone's been talking about. The most important game in my eyes, obviously. And, you know, probably I would say the top game of wildcard weekend, just in terms of, of, of craziness and excitement. And it's the Cleveland Browns versus Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I don't know if you want to start or if you want me to start. What do you, what do you want to do here? You know, you're the, the Ohio man. You got the Browns roots. Right. start with you. Get hyped. All right. Well, I mean, the first play of this game was, was you know, it, it set the tone for the evening. You know, Marquis Pouncey sails the ball over Ben's, Big Ben's head. Carl Joseph picks it up for the touchdown. And from there, it was just domination from the Cleveland Browns. Um, you know, it, it really felt towards, you know, obviously they get out to 28-0. Big Ben, you know, what a weird stat line. First of all, 47 most completions ever in a game. 500 yards, four touchdowns, four interceptions. I mean, this team, again, they just can't run the football. That's the problem. 11 for 37 from James Conner. We've talked about this for weeks now about their lack of running the football, and James Conner is just not very good at it. So, you know, that bit them, but I mean, their receivers put up ridiculous stats too. Juju, 13 for 157. You know, Deontay, 11 for 117. But it doesn't matter at the end of the day. This is all garbage time. I mean, they got down quick, and the Cleveland Browns uh, clearly played like they wanted to win this game. You know, you heard Juju's comments, the Browns of the Browns, a bunch of nameless gray faces. And, you know, honestly, I should have bet probably every dollar my father's ever owned on the <laughs> Cleveland Browns winning this game. You just don't – you know, when it's like the Dabo thing with Ohio State. Like, you just don't say – people just got to learn to stop saying this stuff because it never ends up well. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you hear Chase Claypool saying, like, oh, they're going to get, you know, whooped this week. And it's just like, like, relax, buddy. You lost twice this year. But on side of Cleveland Browns offense, uh, their defense played great, you know, without Denzel Ward. Uh, they, they really, really – without their head coach, too – no Stefanski, you know, all the turnovers was what's fantastic. They played fantastic on the defensive side in terms of getting takeaways. That's huge. But on the offense, Baker Mayfield, he has really proved himself this season. He has established himself as a franchise quarterback in my eyes. I know you've had your doubts at times. I don't know if, you know, you'll probably touch on that when you're, uh, when you're talking about this, but I, in my eyes, he's proven that he's a franchise quarterback. He won the playoff game and he played great. The, you know, the thing with Baker Last year was a mess with turning over the ball. This year he doesn't turn over the ball. You see no interceptions, no fumbles. He's doing none of that. He's you know he's become a smart passer and he gets the job done. Uh, Nick Nick Chubb played great, but also Kareem Hunt is just a stud. I mean this guy you know on those two touchdown runs he broke you know God knows how many tackles. I mean this guy's tough. See here eight for forty eight two touchdowns. Nick Chubb in the receiving game at four for seventy and a touchdown. He played great. You see them using the tight end Hooper and you know Jarvis Landry was great. So. For Cleveland, really, really big win. And, you know, after this game, obviously the defense is going to be the worry, but this team is getting back their head coach. They're getting back Denzel Ward. They're getting back Joel Batonio. Uh, Jack Conklin hopefully will play. He came out of injury. But uh, really good job, and especially by the O-line. You heard the announcers talking about it. Uh, that O-line is something special for the Cleveland Browns this year. So that's all I got on that. But what a win for the Cleveland Browns and for the city of Cleveland. Got to feel good for them. Yeah, what a win by the Cleveland Browns, especially you had multiple coaches out, including your head coach who was sitting at home in the basement watching the game. 
QB alone, and this is exactly what you what you wanted to see from the Browns. I mean, and I think every fan they just want the Steelers to lose too, so everyone's really happy about this one. Yeah. But we'll start off with the Steelers. Just really, really, really sloppy to start off this game. And you're having mistakes. You go down 28 to nothing right away. That's something you're not going to overcome. I mean, most a lot of teams don't even score 28 points in an entire game, and the Browns scored, in the, scored it in the first uh, quarter. And that's the scary part of the Browns. Um, you're looking at all the mistakes they made, the interceptions, that Marquise uh, Pouncey messed up snap. They capitalized on every single opportunity at opportunity that they had and that's gonna be the scary thing about this Cleveland Browns team going into uh next week or this week's game against Kansas City and on into the future the Browns didn't give up they fought without their coach everything was new I mean the coaches Baker Mayfield didn't even know some of these guys until this week so it goes to show you the character of this team and speaking the character of the Steelers it's not good you spoke of what Juju saying Claypool saying and you saw after the game Marquis Pouncey and uh Big Ben they went sat on a on the bleacher and they just took it all in considering that this could be the last, uh, the last playoff game or game. And that's the problem. You're losing your leaders and you're replacing them with these. I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse, but these jackasses. I mean, <laughs> they're not leaders and that's going to be a problem. You don't have any guy that's going to step up. I mean, in all the guys like a Joe Hayne or something like that, these guys are getting old and they're not going to be there. So this is just going to be a, a young team of fools going into the future. And that's going to be a big problem. And that's kind of the problem that's been going on this entire season, why people have started to hate them. And maybe the rhythm of things have gotten out of pace, but big Ben uh, came out sloppy. He threw the ball 500 yards. I mean, when you're throwing the ball 68 times, you're going to expect big numbers like that. But as I said, you covered it really well running the ball. We've been talking about it all year or most of the year, unable to do it. And that's a problem with this team. You're not going to win games if you can't run the ball. And going back to what you said previously as well, all these teams that have lost, they have not been able to run the ball. And that's a problem. You're seeing teams that could run the ball and pass the ball, uh, those are teams that are winning. And then on the other hand, for the Browns, capitalize on every single mistake and opportunity that they had. It is very scary. And I'll go to the Baker Mayfield thing while it's on my mind. Yep, he's proven me wrong. I still don't think he's going to be that elite guy. But if you have this team, a team around him, I think he'll be a guy that you go to the Super Bowl with. He's not going to be elite, but he's going to be a guy that can get it done, as you said. I like the way you put it like that, and that's, I guess, the perfect phrase you could use for Baker Mayfield. He'll get it done right now. He fixes turnover issues, and that's the main problem that he had. And that's really when you started to see the success of him uh, come about. And then running the ball, you nailed it right on the head got hot off those mistakes right away. Kareem Hunt, the beast himself, those two touchdown runs, you covered it well, breaking tackles. I mean, the man is a monster. I can't believe Kansas City uh, got rid of him. I mean, even though he had the mistake, he's proving them wrong, and I know he's going to want his revenge this week against them, as he said, but running the ball, fantastic. Passing the ball, fantastic this week. Uh, everything was fantastic for the Browns, and I'm excited to see what they have in the future. Yeah, I mean, I'm before we move on to uh, our predictions for this week, I agree, I just want to touch on the culture point. Yeah, it's you know Juju's. It looks like Juju's gone at this point. I mean, they don't really have the money to to keep him. They gotta you know, especially if Big Ben stays. If Big Ben stays, you know, they gotta focus on guys like a Bud Dupree and and that nature. But I mean, Claypool, he's got to tone it down. I mean, he's this this team yeah. has gotten way out of hand with this with this eleven and zero stuff. It blew, and I think that was the worst thing that ever happened to this team was going eleven and zero. Because it gave these guys, all these receivers, you know, it's not, no one has, I don't think anyone has a problem with, you know, the TikToks and that, you know, everyone's doing that in the yeah. world, you know, look at the world. Everyone's on TikTok. Everyone's fine with that. But it's the way they went about it. 
in just the way that it was disrespectful. And it was just, they were making fools out of themselves. And now, you know, they keep talking and it's like, you just got your asses whooped by this team. Yeah. Like, dude, keep them out your mouth or just admit that, yeah, we got smoked. We are idiots. Like, it, it's illogical. And, you know, Chase Claypool, he's a guy who I, honestly, I liked at the beginning of the season. I was like, you know what, this guy, you know, he's a, he's a beast. You know, he has fun off the field. But it's just gotten to a point where these guys are just out of hand and they are just way, way too confident. And, you know, this was a reality check for them in the past what, six weeks, they're one in five or something like that. I mean, this team stinks. They're not good. Uh, the defense, you know, got lit up. If the defense isn't playing good, they're screwed. So, um, yep. you know, Pittsburgh Steelers, the, the future, who knows what's happening with that. But goodness gracious, is uh, yeah. you know, it, it's just a culture mess over there. I like how you put it. Yeah, that culture mess. It's it's going to really, really kill them in the future once, once these veterans yeah. are gone. And as you said, I mean – Maybe you would think after this game, they would come out and be like, okay, yeah, and own their mistakes. They didn't do that. They came out, and they're still trash-talking, even though they're out of the playoffs. I mean, that's something that can't be done, and that's a real problem that, I mean, Mike Tomlin is going to have a real problem trying to fix that. It's going to be uh, – I can't even put into words how much of a problem it's going to be. Yeah, the Steelers are just, you know, God knows what's happening. But we're going to talk a little bit about the teams that are still in the playoffs, so get the Steelers out of here. We're going to talk about our predictions for this week's games. Uh, Packers Rams is going to be the first one we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm going to start with this one. I think I know where you're going. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. While I love the Rams defense and I love the way they played last week, I just can't pick them to beat the Green Bay Packers. The Packers offense is too dominant. Jared Goff, you know, I still probably expect him to not be 100% or, you know, even maybe 80%. Um, with that thumb injury. So we'll see what happens. He's got to play a lot better, though. The Green Bay Packers are, are – you know they're going to put points on the board. Um, and, I mean, the Rams can win this game for sure. It's going to just depend yep. on the defense. If their defense plays locked down, uh, they're going to be in a good spot. And, you know, honestly, this game could come down to running the ball like we've seen. Uh, can Cam Akers get it done? Can Aaron Jones get it done? Who's going to get it done? Uh, who's going to be the more effective rusher? If you shut down Cam Akers, I think it's going to be a long day for the Los Angeles Rams. So I'm going to leave this one of the Packers, but uh, definitely – a potential for the Rams defense to uh, to win this one, but they're going to have to run the ball well as well. Yeah, this is a game. I'm going with the Packers, but I 100% would not be surprised if the Rams come out and win this game. They did what they did last week, and if they're able to do something similar this week, they're going to have a shot. And, I mean, Jalen Ramsey could be the key to this game. Could you stop Devontae yeah. Adams and force them to run the ball through your ferocious defensive front? That's going to be the main key. If Jalen Ramsey could stop Devontae Adams, that'll be the game changer. The Rams would easily win, in my opinion, if they're able to do that. It's going to be a hard task for Jalen Ramsey and that whole defense. But if they're going to be able to do, if they're able to do that, uh, this game could really easily be the Rams. The coaching staff of the Rams could also really be a key in this. But I'm really looking at the offense of the Rams. Uh, are they going to be able to rush the ball? We t- spoke about Cam Makers, a beast, beast last week, and he has all these beastly games, but once in a while he'll kind of fall off. But he's going against the Green Bay Packers um, uh, run defense that is not good. But, again, another but. I'm going to keep saying but right now. The Rams, Jared Goff, he's not 100%. Cooper Cup may not play. He's not 100%. So the Packers, they know what the Rams are going to – what the focal point of the Rams' offense is going to be. It's going to be running the ball. I mean, the Packers defense, uh, their 
passing defense, excuse me, that's one of the best parts of their team. You got Jair Alexander, arguably the best corner in the game right now. And uh, they're going to be locking down some of these receivers. So the game is going to really be through Cam Akers and this Rams defense. I'm choosing Packers to win this game just because they're overall the better team and more consistent team right now. But I would 100% wouldn't be surprised if the Rams pull out a win here tomorrow. Yeah, I, I was going to – I forgot what I was going to say. I was going to add on to something you said. Um, I'm trying to think what, but, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think this game can be won by both teams. I just think, you know – oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, the key for the Rams here on offense is going to be running the ball, like we've yes. said. Uh, if you remember, you go back to the NFC Championship game last year, what the the what killed the Packers was with the run game. Raheem Mostert yeah. had a huge game. Uh, Tevin Coleman even played well, I think. You know, those guys were, were tearing up the Packers' defense. So, if Cam Akers and – and Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson can can do. I think Daryl looked like he was on IR or something. But if Malcolm Brown and and Cam Akers can get the ball running, this team can win this game for sure. But uh, to me, if they get, if the run is stopped, they have little to no chance unless their defense plays their best game of the season. So it's going to be a tough one. But I'm going to go Packers. He's going to go Packers. See what happens. But good game, most likely going to be happening. Yep. We'll go to the Ravens-Bills now. We both predicted this game. I think we both got the AFC completely right, and then the NFC is a bit of a mess. For Actually, I think – wait, I think. did I – I think I may have picked the Titans, so I may have gotten this one wrong. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, I did pick the, the – Wait, I think I did pick the Titans. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I did. Okay. I I might be wrong. I, I, I remembered you picking Baltimore, but I'm not too sure. Yeah, you not, you might have picked Tennessee. Yeah. You like Tennessee a lot, yep. so – I'm going to start with you here, Mac. What are you thinking for this one? I mean, I'm going to choose the Bills, but I once again, I won't be surprised if the Ravens pull out a win here. Yeah. Lamar Jackson is a special weapon and really the only team that has been able to truly figure out them uh, and how to stop Lamar Jackson was the Tennessee Titans, and they're eliminated. They got destroyed by Lamar Jackson last week, and that's something we haven't seen by the Tennessee Titans and really ever since Lamar Jackson came into the league and they started playing. But uh, overall, the Bills, just a better team right now. You're going to have to see if Stephon Diggs could hold his ground against some of those uh, defensive backs for the Ravens, like Marlon Humphrey. Uh, but this game is going to really, really have to get um, some of those running backs involved, like uh, I was about to say Dawson Knox, Devin Singletary. <laughs> it's going to be hard for that to happen, but you're going to really have to hit your strides on offense for the Bills on all aspects uh, if you're going to want to beat this Ravens defense and uh, score some points. On the other hand, for the Baltimore Ravens, you got to do what you did last week with Lamar Jackson. The Buffalo Bills, I don't think any team in the league right now will be able to figure out how to stop Lamar. It's just going to come to a matter of who could score the score more points so Lamar Jackson's gonna have to have a day they're gonna have to control the clock running the ball which I see no problem with but that one key matchup Marquise Brown he's gonna have to play well like he did last week it's gonna be very hard against uh, Trey White but that's gonna be the key guy you're gonna have to look for for this Baltimore Ravens offense if they're gonna want to win but Bill's gonna win this one wouldn't be surprised if it ends up the other way though yeah I'm gonna go Bill's here um I don't see either of these teams in the Super Bowl to be honest, I think regardless of who wins Cleveland, Kansas City, that team will be in the Super Bowl. Yep. Um, you know, I like your point about the Ravens. I'll stay on that. Um, yeah, they're going to have to win the ball by running the football. Uh, this team's not going to pass the ball and win this game. That's just not going to happen when you got guys like like Trey White, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde in the secondary. Uh, their weapons just aren't strong enough uh, to compete with those guys. But in terms of running the football, the Bills' run D has not been the best. Uh, we saw the Colts kind of uh, take advantage of that. The Colts had over – 100-plus rushing yards last year so or last week. Um, so, yeah, that's what's going to have to happen. We're going to have to see Lamar Jackson 
run the ball. We're going to have to see J.K. Dobbins get involved. Gus Bus, they love that guy. Uh, he'll have to probably even come in for some time, get some touches in there. Maybe they use the fullback. I mean, we'll see what happens with this team. Um, you know, the, the one thing I will say, last year they really, really used their tight ends well. And I think Hayden Hurst not being on the team has actually hurt them. Obviously, Boyle has gotten injured. But uh, last year the tight ends was really, really the threat for this team on offense. And I think that's what's hurting them right now with just Mark Andrews in there. It's actually something yeah. I just kind of thought of the other day. But um, that lack of, you know, depth at the tight end position is, is really interesting. It's, it's interesting to see, you know, is, has that hurt their offense? It looks like it might have. But on the other side here, Buffalo – um, you know, their offense is their key. Uh, Josh Allen, you know, he's proven to be one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League right now. Stephon Diggs, top receiver in the National Football League. And, you know, they got the second team all pro or Cole Beasley. Gabriel Davis played great last week. So they just kind of keep it rolling. And I, I agree with what you said. This was really the only team that won that really didn't dominate the run game in their in their matchup. Um, I guess they had Josh, but if Devin Singletary and Zach Moss can can get it going, I mean, one of, I don't know, you know, or combined or one of them, uh, this team's going to be tough to beat. That that would be, you know, put them over the hump in terms of where they need to be to win this game. I don't think they necessarily have to. They're not going to outrush the Ravens likely. Yeah. If they outrush the Ravens, this is, you know, easy win. But we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, just stay away from the turnovers. If you can not turn over the ball, you should be in a good spot. Get points on the board. But the turnovers could kill this team. The Ravens are, you know, great, great defense. So if the Ravens start getting interceptions, fumbles, stuff like that, um, you know, it, this game could go either ways, but I'm leaning with the Bills here, maybe by a touchdown or so. Yeah, but that was a great point about the tight ends, too. I mean, Hayden Hurst, ever since he's left, Mark Andrews, before that, he was considered arguably the best tight end at times, like in, at points of the season, like he was arguably having uh, the best season last yeah. year and some aspects in some games. But this year, you see that it feels like a dramatic drop off from yeah. the games he's having. It's just, they're kind of more little games, the challenge there, but teams know that he's the key, uh, uh, the key target in that offensive passing game. So he's been getting shut down this year. So maybe we're going to have to look for getting another tight end in there that could uh, scare some opposing defenses. Yeah. I mean, uh, the injury to Nick Boyle, I think, I don't believe he's healthy. Let me just check real quick. I know. I think he suffered a, a season ending injury. Uh, yeah. It looks yeah, like he did. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows what will happen, but yeah, that was kind of just a point I th thought I'd throw out there, but yeah, who knows? Um, now this game has become interesting for me. I know. Uh, the Browns Chiefs, after last week, the Cleveland Browns, I mean, this could be a shootout in all honesty. Um, I don't think it will because I think the Browns are going to try and run the football and dominate possession here, but I'm going to start with you because honestly, I'm still even like, thinking what i'm going to say so so uh yeah. i might even take some of what you say so what, what are you thinking for this oh, this is tough i mean i want to stick with the chiefs but i mean do i really i mean it's it's tough right now i'm going to be seeing a random team i have the chiefs in my super bowl bracket so i'm gonna, I, I have to stick with that on that aspect but this game if i'm taking it from right now who's gonna win this game you know let's have fun with it give me the brown i <laughs> I mean, you look at what they did last week. Every little mistake that the Steelers made, they capitalized off it. And that's without your coaches, without some players. And you're getting all that back this week. It's a lot more connections, as you said, as I said earlier, and uh, you kind of brought up a little bit again later on, that they met some of these guys like Baker Mayfield. He didn't know these guys. Now he's building more connections. And I think that's a part of this team that could really flourish, just having more connections and more friends uh, just – Overall, he's got more I, friends I he's got <laughs> not, not more friends but i don't know it's just 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of the right word. I had the word in mind and I lost it. Connection. It, like it's just like I feel some of those guys or lesser known guys having maybe a connection yeah, yeah. with Baker Mayfield or something. Uh, it could really elevate them. Baker Mayfield give them some tips and uh and bleh, just say what he. I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but uh yeah, I just think everyone knowing each other now it'll kind of help motivate the team and just build their connection uh as you saw last week all the all the players were connected having fun out there and that's the main point of the team and things that i like throughout the season i love when teams were having fun but the browns capitalize on all their mistakes all the steelers mistakes and the kansas city chiefs when you're looking back at those um at those raider games those interceptions that patrick mahomes had against those teams they're just slightly missed balls and the raiders took advantage of it so if the browns if they're able to do this again on defense, I think those two, maybe one or two turnovers could really be a difference in this game and the offense of the Browns. I mean, there's no denying that they're going to put points up. It's just going to be a matter of who doesn't get it, uh, who doesn't turn the ball over. And I honestly think that the chiefs are going to be the team that turns the ball over this game. So uh, I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm excited for this game. Give me the Browns. I'm going to have fun. I feel like, I feel like with this team now, there's just that feeling that this is going to be the run for the Cleveland Browns, that this is going to be, you know, that magic run that takes them to the Super Bowl. I'm all, look, when I made my bracket here, I picked the Chiefs because I thought they were a superior team by a lot. I thought the Cleveland Browns were going to probably squeak out a win against Pittsburgh, you know, find a way to win the game, maybe dominate the run game. But what they did completely is, you know, made this a, a, an argument um, of who's going to win this game in all honesty. And look, the Chiefs, we know what we're going to get out of the Chiefs. They're a great football team with fantastic players all around the field. But like you said, if they make mistakes, the Browns are likely to capitalize. And I think for the Browns, you got to be studying those Raiders games. The Raiders have been the one team that yep. both times they played this year have kept up with the Chiefs and they've stopped the Chiefs. They forced turnovers against the Chiefs. I would also look at the Dolphins game. The Dolphins forced three turnovers against Patrick Mahomes. Got to look at that game. Study that film. And also study games against the Jets, what not to do. Um, you know, obviously your team's better, but, you know, the Browns defense isn't the best. So figure out what not to do, like watching those games. And obviously, I think for some reason now there's a movie starting on my screen. I don't know what's about to happen here. But <laughs> obviously, I'm not going to tell – Kevin Stefanski knows what to study, but that's going to be the key. You got to replicate what the, what the Vegas Raiders did. I think the Cleveland Browns are going to, you know, they're going to do their play, their offensive scheme. They're going to run their play action. We know that. And they're going to run the football. They've got to dominate the run. That's how, if they can dominate the run and dominate possession and keep the ball out of Pat Mahomes' hands, they can easily win this game. In all honesty, this Browns team can beat anyone. You know, uh, that offensive line is, is fantastic. You've heard, you know, look at them last week. Jack Conklin missed most of the game. Joel Batonio, you know, who's an all pro, uh, at least. He was second team all pro. He missed the whole game. And, and Jack Conklin, first team all pro, was not even in there, basically. So uh, they're getting these guys basically back. They're getting Denzel Ward. They're getting their coach back. And I think this team is motivated. They're, they're, they want to win. And I'm not saying the Chiefs don't want to win, but I think this Cleveland Browns team wants to win. They have kind of the whole country. I think mean, I feel like if you're yeah. talking about a team that you know America would like to see win, I feel like it would be the Cleveland Browns. You know, I think everyone would love to see the Browns win. And I truly believe if the Cleveland Browns can beat the Chiefs, they'll they'll be in the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go Browns. Obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs are favorites and are probably likely to win this game. But yeah. I think it's going to be a close one. And I might I'm going to give it to the Browns right now just because yeah. I'd love to see them win. And and what a good game this will be, though. Yeah. And also with the Browns, too, you kind of brought it up before the whole country's rooting for them. I think 
they're playing for more than just the win. They're, they want to yeah. win a Super Bowl. It's been, what, 18 years. It's something that really hasn't been seen before, how bad that team was, and to turn around. They're playing for much more than that. And then also kind of bring things up uh, when you're talking about the film. I just had this thought. Uh, you normally see when Patrick Mahomes gets under pressure, uh, he starts trying to get fancy, doing those little trick plays, like throwing behind his back or just yeah. trying to get fancy, fancy doing some stupid kind of throws that – wouldn't really work against some elite defenses. So the key pl- a key player here, I think, is Miles Garrett. And uh, if he's able to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, force him out of the pocket, and try and get fancy, those are the areas where the Browns are going to really be able to capitalize on like they did last week. So once again, I'm back on that capitalization thing. If Miles Garrett gets pressure on, force Patrick Mahomes to get fancy, those are going to be the areas where the Browns could take advantage of and uh, really turn this game around. Yeah, I'm not even sure the Browns had a sack last week, which is kind of crazy. I mean, they obviously had the five t- takeaways, but, yeah, no sacks from yeah. the team. So that was kind of crazy. I, I, I hadn't seen a game in a while where there was no sack on either side. So that was pretty crazy. But, obviously, got to watch out for Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones. Those guys are stud. But we're both going Browns. And, honestly, right now I'm kind of riding the Browns. I don't know. I just got a weird feeling. It's got a weird feeling. This game is another – these are all great games. This one is great as well. You got Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. And literally what could be the – this probably is likely going to be the final matchup that these two will ever have, two of the all-time greats. I really – arguably, potentially the two greatest quarterbacks of all time. You can easily make that argument mm-hmm. uh, for this one. Mac, what are you thinking here? I think this can be the one game we disagree on. I think this is going to be the one game we disagree on. I'm going to stick my uh, – with the Saints. They're, they're my Super Bowl picks, the Super Bowl winners – I mean, I like what they did last week. They, of course, they gave, They had some plays, as I mentioned before, when we're talking about the Bears, where some of these players were wide open, just dropped some passes. But the Saints, that's not really like them, especially against a bad offense or normally a bad offense like um, like the Bears. And still, even with those mistakes, they only held them to nine points. So that was great. And offensively, I mean, just – I mean, it's beyond crazy what this offense could do. It's Drew Brees. He's motivating his final season. Tom Brady, he's probably going to play at least another year, you could you could say so. Um, but yeah. Drew Brees, he, wa- he wants to win the Super Bowl. He's playing for that, playing for more than just a, a win here. As I kind of said with the Browns, uh, they're kind of like the Browns for me of the NFC. But Alvin Kamara, I mean, how are the Buccaneers going to really stop him? You're able to stop the run conventionally, but – if you're able to get him involved in the pass game, I mean, that really could be game over for me. And then you're looking at players like Michael Thomas, who are, who's trying to come along again after that historic season last year. He hasn't been really much this year after the injuries. Uh, but the Saints offense, they're going to look to pick things up. And I think Tampa Bay, they're going to have a lot of struggles here. But it's going to be a very close game. It could be in the 30 range of points how both these both of these teams score. It's going to be a great game. Buccaneers uh, are obviously going to kill you through the passing game, but overall going to be a great game. I just got to stick with my Super Bowl picks on this side. Yeah. Um, here's what I'll say before I start. The Buccaneers, the Saints have played twice. Saints won both times. Completely yep. different Buccaneers team we're seeing right now. Completely yeah. different. Their offense has totally evolved. They've totally had their stride. The last time these two teams played, I believe, was AB's first game. Um, so you just see, you know, they've figured it out offensively. The point I'm going to go with the Bucs, obviously my Super Bowl team, but we're talking about, we've talked a lot today about running the football and how important that is. And the Buccaneers have arguably the best run defense in the NFL. We've seen them stop guys like Christian McCaffrey in years past. Uh, you know, they can stop the best running backs in the league. They stopped Antonio Gibson last week. But Alvin Kamara, if they can just take, I know he has the receiving element and that's yep. going to be killed. You know, that's going to be a, a killer. 
But if they can stop the run attack himself, that's just one. If they can control that, I think they can be dominant enough in the defensive side in terms of passing that they'll be able to win this game. And I think their offense speaks for itself. You know, they're going to put up points. Obviously, you know, Mike Evans against Lattimore is always, you know, always a journey for Mr. Mike. Um, he'll probably get locked down again. But if he has a good game, you know, this could be a blowout for the Bucks. in all honesty. Um, but the key for them is just, you know, run the football. Uh, Leonard Fournette, hopefully he has a great game again. And use all your weapons. You have, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Gar- Gronk, Cameron Brait has established himself. Yep. Use these guys. Spread the ball around. That's the key. And that's what Tom Brady has been doing. And that's why they've been winning so much recently. They haven't lost and they've been playing great offensively. And, you know, their defense, yeah, they're going to let up points. They're not perfect. But if they can stop the run and control the, the ground game here and win in the trenches, another team with a good o- offensive line here, stop Cam Jordan, and, you know, you'll be in a good spot. I don't know if uh, Trey Hendrickson is playing this week. I know he was out last week. Uh, he's great on the defensive line. So if he is playing, that's going to be a tough one uh, to handle. But I still will not change my pick regardless if he plays. I'm going Tampa Bay. It's my Super Bowl team. Uh, I'm just so sold on this offense and the run defense right now that um, I think, you know, honestly, I would agree with you, though, that the winner of this game goes to the Super Bowl. I don't know if you would think they'd beat the Pack, the Bucks would beat the Packers, but I think the winner of this game goes to the Super Bowl for me. Yep. And then another point I should uh, mention on the stands, because I, I can't believe I forgot to bring it up before, but they do have that one magical weapon on offense that that cannot be unheard of. He'll have a game, and I think this is a game where we're really going to have to get him involved, and that's Taysom Hill. I mean, sure, they're, every team's going to be able to stop the run. I think the Buccaneers right now, they're going to they have a really good shot at stopping Alvin Kamara in the run game. But if Taysom Hill comes in, that's a completely different story, especially after he established himself <laughs> when he was a starter uh, for those four or three or four weeks. He established himself yeah. as a passer too. So now it's not really the run aspect you're also worried about. He could pass the ball. So it's what are you going to commit to? You're going to have to commit to one or the other. And I think if some of those players can commit to the pass, it's going to be really, really hard for them to stop Taysom Hill. And I think Taysom Hill could be a big part of this offense. But on the other hand, uh, for the Buccaneers, again, I'm going to go back to the passing game. Their passing offense is great, but I think the Saints, their secondary right now matches up well. You got the two safeties, Malcolm Jenkins and uh, Marcus Williams. Then, as you said, Marshawn Lattimore, who will probably lock, lock up Mike Evans. But if the safeties can prevent some of those big plays that they've been having, like last week versus the football team, uh, that could be a really key part of this game because that's really what the Buccaneers have been doing the past few weeks, those big offensive passing plays. So if the Saints are able to do some of those things, I think they're going to be able to get this win. Yep, and uh, that will do it for our NFL uh, postseason, I guess, divisional round talk. Yep. Um, and all we really got left, actually, we're going to first, we're going to end with the college football, but I actually just briefly uh, want to touch on the Jets hiring. Oh, yeah, Coach Robert I, I was going to bring that up too. Uh, I, you know, not too much time on it, but for me, the key with this hire for the New York Jets is going to be just the culture change. He's going to change the culture uh, you look at the Niners, these guys all love him. They tweeted last year in support of him, wanting to get him a job. It seems like all his players will love this guy. You see him on the sidelines, he's always fired up. And that's going to be the key here. The Jets needed someone, unlike Adam Gates, who could relate to the players, who the players would, would love, uh, and is just fired up to do his job. You know, he wants to win, and he knows how to win. He's been in the Super Bowl before. He's led a great defense before. So it be interesting to see what happens there. But overall, I like the hire. I think it was the right move. Uh, I thought a team should have scooped him up last offseason. So happy with that. And then also Urban Meyer going to Jacksonville is really another interesting move. Uh, obviously, there were some other, you know, minor head coach signings, but we don't have to cover those with like the Falcons and, and whatnot. But 
Urban Meyer, you know, he's proven to be a winner in college. Um, you know, who knows what it'll translate to the NFL. It's a great spot to be, though. He's got tons of money in cap space. Um, you know, guys love him. Uh, you know, probably going to, you know, unless something weird happens, Trevor Lawrence will be his quarterback. So he's in a great spot. He's got young talent. We'll see who they can maybe bring in. But really interesting move there. You've heard the Jags link to them all offseason. So they did get their guy. Um, and we'll see what happens. It seems like he's going to have a lot of control since they hired him before uh, they brought in the GM. So it seems like Urban is kind of going to be uh, building his own roster. So we'll see what happens there. But that's my thoughts on those those two. And, uh, yeah, what are you thinking on those, Mac? I think you nailed the head with the Jets, the Jets hire in Robert Sala. I think this is going to be a complete culture change, as you said. Everyone loves him, and he's a guy that gets players who could fly to the ball, especially defensively. You're looking at the defensive line and linebackers he got in the 49ers. They all fly. They get sacks. They get turnovers. And right now, I think you're looking at a player like Marcus May, one of the best safeties in the league right now. He didn't really have a star player like that in uh, uh, with the 49ers, a star uh, defensive back. So I think this is going to be a key piece that could fly to the ball uh, for him and force some turnovers. And then also – back to the point of the um of the players that can fly to the ball at the linebacker and defensive line position he knows how to develop some of these young guys some guys who may not even be the greatest draft picks he just they just rally for him they play hard and i think that's the the, the main point i'm trying to make uh, his players play hard they may not be the best player but they play as hard as they could and that's the culture change that the jets need some of these guys just kind of lazy adam gase uh, brought in this lazy culture and uh, Robert Saul is going to change that all around. So this is a great hire for the Jets, probably the best hire that uh, of this offseason for all head coaches. And then for the Jacksonville Jaguars, you said Urban Meyer, I guess the main point I'll make with them, he's coming from, they're bringing in a guy who knows how to win games. He's a guy who's really only won for his entire career with the Ohio State Buckeyes. He won a national championship in 2014. But uh, the thing you said with Trevor Lawrence, now there's a question uh, that a lot of people are bringing up. And today he didn't commit to Trevor Lawrence. He says it's going to be the biggest decision he'll ever make in his life between Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Fields, and even brought in uh, 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 what Wilson. Zach Wilson? Yeah, Zach Wilson. I don't he, know if worst if they go Zach Wilson number That's, one, that would be the craziest I, selection in NFL history. Yeah. Crazy. I really think it's bizarre that he didn't commit to Trevor, so – that that's gonna be something to look for. Or uh, I mean, I don't know if he'd be straight out like, yeah. "Oh, we're taking Trevor," but I think they'll take Trevor. And then you you can finish your point after I say this. But I think they'll take Trevor. But I mean, with Urban there, it seems like he's gonna get the guy that he likes the best and will fit the best in his system. So could that be Justin Fields? You know, yeah. he's run the Ohio State system. Definitely could be. But I think it's hard to pass up on a guy like Lawrence, who's been raved about by so many scouts. Even though I'm not as high on him as uh some of these other guys but yeah that's what i got so you can finish your uh your little spiel on Erden. yep uh i agree i think it's gonna end up being trevor most likely but just the fact that uh that they're gonna yeah. be looking at some of these other guys significant and that could leave some teams uh questioning or being in worry once draft time comes like do they end up picking someone else and then they have to change their draft strategy like the jets who would uh would they consider taking someone else like if say it ends up being justin fields not the number one pick for some reason and then Jets would probably have to go Trevor Lawrence. I don't think you could say no to that at the number two selection. So it would really change up the entire draft if the Jags do decide to go a different way. But I think Justin Fields are – I don't know why I have a feeling that they're actually highly considering him, just the connection to Ohio I, State. No, I, I bet they probably and, uh, just because of the Ohio State. You know. Yeah, and he has the inside connections there with some of those coaches. So he, he'll, he'll know a lot more about Justin Fields than 
anyone else in the league. So that's going to be the main uh, point I guess I'll make here. So I think it's be Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. And with this hire, it's kind of up in the air for me right now, but it probably will end up being Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Well, speaking of Ohio State, uh, we're going to wrap it up uh, just by talking about real quick the uh, the Buckeyes' performance in uh, the national championship. Alabama just routed them. I'm not even going to pull up any stats or anything like that. Uh, it was bad. Um, you know, the first quarter was competitive. You know, you, but you know the the key problem for Ohio State here was the first rushing attempt they had. Trey Sermon goes out for the game. Yeah. Uh, hope he's. I don't know what the exact. Uh, you know, seemed like it was like broken collarbone. I don't know what it exactly was. Prayers up to him. Hopefully he's doing good. But once that happened, the run attack, no offense to Master Teague, he had those two touchdowns, but they were just not able to get the run going. And even with Trey Sermon, I'm not sure they would – I'm probably – I doubt they would have won this game anyway. That Alabama offense was just not being able to be stopped by their defense. And the Ohio State secondary just killed them. They are missing some key D linemen to COVID-related stuff. But the DBs was – I mean, Sean Wade, Seven Banks, and, and those guys were just not good enough yeah. for Devonta Smith. Uh, he went, you know, wild. He's going to be great. Um, you know, I, I, you know, we'll see what happens in the NFL. You know, his build is is not necessarily made for the NFL necessarily, but he, he'll probably be a stud. We saw Waddle. He didn't look 100% at all, but we'll see. I mean, this was just a, a, a routing, but it was good that Ohio State beat Clemson. I think that was what they needed just to be there. And you know, it's kind of a total reset. Look at some of the guys that are going to be leaving. Justin Fields, Trey Sermon, Chris Olave, uh, maybe Jeremy Ruckert even on the offense and on the defensive side. Uh, you're going to be losing uh, Sean Wade. Maybe that's a plus. Who knows? Yeah, I was about to say um, that's a good thing. Uh, to be honest, I don't know who else is going to be leaving on the defense. I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure where they're, yeah. they're going. I mean, I feel like Pete Werner's been on the team for 20 years, so that guy's probably gone. Um, I think Baron Browning as well is going to be uh, in the draft, yeah. so it's going to hurt them. But we'll see what happens with the uh, the recruits. I know they've had you know really good recruiting classes the next two years. Uh, they you know they have some of the top top guys. Quinn years. Most notably, 2022, uh, top quarterback in the nation. So we'll see what happens there. Could be, you know, rough year next year for the Buckeyes. I think I saw in someone's early rankings, they were like fifth or something. But who knows? Too early to talk about that. But, yeah, that's that's just my thoughts. Uh, you know, not too much to say. Just a, a really good Alabama performance from uh, – from the Crimson Tide. Yeah, no, I should say that you kind of hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, I'm I'm kind of mad at myself that I even gave Ohio State a chance. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this, <I'm, laughs> this Alabama team, you know, it realistically is probably the best uh, college football team in in history. I mean, it's probably first or second up there with last year's LSU team. Yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah, I'm just mad at myself that I even gave them Ohio State a chance at winning this. Devonta Smith. He's a beast. And as you said, he, he, his build could be a problem, but I think um, that the long arms and his lengthy leg, yeah. that, that's going to be a plus for his size coming from a skinny guy. I think it's just – it's not something he's controlled or he's obviously wanted to be, get bigger, but it, I think it's just how his body works that he's naturally skinny. But I'll just make a quick yeah. point that I, I looked this up because I was curious on it the other day. And looking at people, his height in the NFL, you're looking at Amari Cooper, Devontae Adams, some of these elite receivers. They're all 50, 40 pounds heavier than him. So that that's kind of what blew my mind when I f- first looked that up. I'm like, yeah, this – And they're like the same height, similar height? Same height, exactly same height. Jeez, that's brutal. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be a problem with his route running and things like that. It's just going to be – he could get pressed. And, I mean, his career could be over just by getting pressed. Uh, so we're going to have to see how that, how that translates. But the Jets took him at two. I'm I'm a Browns fan. On God, like I'll put it right here. I'll put it in video. The New York Jets like <laughs> Devonta Smith with the second overall pick. I'm done. 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 So he could be a whole. He'd be the greatest receiver of all time. It's the dumbest move they can make of that pick. 
I know. Yep. 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 But uh, Ohio State sloppy. I mean, Trey Sermon. Once that happened, I mean, game over. I mean, with Trey Sermon, you had the you had the one percent chance, but once that it went to like point zero 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 one, uh, and then yeah, they could catch up once Alabama started putting points on the board, and then Waddle came in, Najee Harris. I mean. Najee Harris, man, he's breaking tackles. He's going to be a beast in the NFL, yeah. and somehow he's probably going to end up in the second round. I mean, that's they couldn't a- get him down. It's crazy. I mean, he would just break tackles, but yeah, and they had to stop him if they were going to win that game. We we said that that was going to be that they They stopped Etienne. You got to stop the run, and you know you got to you got to run the ball. You got to win, and they did. They lost both of those. So it's not yeah, a good, yeah. good, good method. You had to either stop uh, Harris or you had to stop Smith. He couldn't do neither. And once, even once no. Smith went out, you couldn't stop the passing game. So I guess that didn't, <laughs> didn't really yeah, matter. The, the, the white dude was in there, the, the receiver. He was like, I've never played before. I'm coming in. And they were all limping. Like, it was a mess, dude. Waddle and, like, Michi were limping all over the place. I mean, it was a, like, literally, we, they, Ohio State Buckeyes nice. could not keep up with, like, limping receivers. It was a disaster. Yeah, so that's really all I got to say. I mean, Sean Wade, I'm excited for him to be out of there. He's the biggest liability I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, he's good in the slot, though. I think yeah, you know, I don't, when he gets to the NFL, you know, that's where you got to expect him. He's going to go back towards a, a slot cornerback yeah. in a role. But, uh, yeah, and as we kind of mentioned, I think – I'm not sure if he's on the podcast or just talking, but I, we, I really don't get why they kept him outside in, in this game on Devonta Smith. Keep him in the slot where he's good at. I mean, he's a liability outside, obviously. So I think that's the main problem that was – going on with his secondary the Ohio State Buckeyes so with that I guess that's really how we sum it up the Ohio State's real Ohio State really had no chance and I'm surprised and I'm mad at myself that I picked them <laughs> yeah oh well lamp's going on so that means it's getting late it's getting late out here there we go. wrap this puppy up <laughs> all right so ready to end this thing yeah I think we covered it all all right, let's do it. All right, everyone, thank you for watching this week's episode of Outside the Arena. And as Griffin mentioned before, uh, we're going to be sh- posting shorter clips. We had the James Harden news over there that Griffin did with some of his friends. So uh, please go subscribe to OTA Clips. It will be in the description below. And uh, we just want to thank you all for your continued support and uh, especially the support of you guys also going over and watching OTA Clips. We've been popping over there kind of more than it's we've been done. Great. It's been doing better than this channel, which, I mean, I, yeah. I understand. If you're still watching – I mean, you're a trooper, honestly, for uh, for sitting through this stuff. But uh, yeah, you know, just interrupting you. Know, we love doing this stuff. We're not going to change the normal stuff. But the second channel has really given us the chance to do that breaking news kind of stuff. And you know, even just sit down with our buddies. And you know, even this, you know, this week we're planning a film. Me and Mac are going to film uh, MLB free agent talk, and we're going to yeah. put it on there. We're excited to you know put that on. And we're you know, it's really quick. I mean, we're getting videos filmed and we're in, up on there and within an hour. Or so. Yep. It's going to be a lot, lot more content on that page. But yeah, that's just wanted to jump in there. Yep. So everyone stay tuned for that. Everyone go check out that channel. And then also check us out on social media. Our Instagrams are, uh, well, mine's Mac.Rommel. Griffin's is? Uh, Griffin Senek. And our podcast Instagram is Outside the Arena Podcast. Go uh, go like, follow, and do whatever over there. DM us anything you guys want to see. Literally anything. Reach out to us. We'd be excited to talk to you guys. And uh, as always, have a great day. Stay safe and enjoy your uh, divisional round weekend.